Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by the iconography of Father Thomas J. Loya. Father Loya's iconography for your prayer and home devotion may be obtained by going to MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com That's MorningstarBooksAndGifts.com Then click on the Art and Decorative link and click on Icons in the drop-down or call 630-629-1720 Morningstar Books and Gifts 28 West St. Charles Street, Lombard, Illinois And by EasternChristianMedia.com A broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's EasternChristianMedia.com Christ is risen. Indeed, He is risen. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. And of course, we're still in the radiant season of our Lord's resurrection. And speaking of radiance and light, and therefore of hope, in my particular church, the Byzantine Catholic Church of the Ruthene jurisdiction, we had a few special moments of radiance, of light, and of hope, in addition, of course, to the celebration of this Paschal season. Two things happened. First of all, we had a new Metropolitan Archbishop installed for our church in America, which is the, as I mentioned, the Byzantine Catholic Church of the Ruthenian jurisdiction, and I'll explain that in a moment. His name is Archbishop William Skurla, and he was installed as the Metropolitan Archbishop, in other words, the ranking prelate of my particular church. He was installed in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's our arch eparchy there. It's called the arch eparchy. In addition to that, bishops came from, along with some priests, came from Slovakia. Ruthenian bishops came from Slovakia to attend this celebration, and my own bishop, Bishop John Kudrick, invited them to stay on a little bit longer, and we had a wonderful fellowship with them at the Archicathedral in Parma. That's the Eparchy of Parma, which is my particular eparchy. Now, this word eparchy is the Eastern word for diocese. You see, in the Eastern churches, we tend to work with large territories, and so our territories are referred to as metropolitan areas. Especially in America, we're very spread out. The Eastern churches are very spread out, which is part of the purpose of this program, to make the Eastern churches more known in compliance with John Paul II's document, Orientable Lumen, Light of the East. Of course, we got our name of our program. Our program here is dedicated to that mandate, that commissioning by Pope John Paul II, that the whole church learn about the Eastern churches. And one of the reasons is because we are small, and especially in the Western world, very spread out, very sparse. We are concentrated in certain areas, but by and large, across America, we're very spread out. And so we have large territories. Our diocese or eparchies aren't populated enough, densely that is, to have an eparchy, for instance, in, in cities per se. So we cover large territories. My particular eparchy is the eparchy of Parma which is in Cleveland, Ohio. It's a suburb of Cleveland, but that is the center of our whole eparchy, which actually takes in the entire Midwest. That's 12 states in the Midwest. There are other eparchies we have within our jurisdiction. 
One is in Passaic, New Jersey, which really covers the whole eastern coast, up and down, north and south of the United States. And then we have, out west, we have the eparchy of Phoenix, Arizona, which covers everything from Colorado west, including Alaska and Hawaii. That's a very big territory. And then, of course, we have our Metropolitan Arch Eparchy, which is in Pittsburgh. And so we received a new archbishop. His name is William Skrla, as I mentioned. And we also had visitors from Slovakia, especially two bishops, Bishop Babiak from Preshov, which is in Slovakia, and also Bishop Peter Rusnak from Bratislav, which also is in Slovakia. So let me back up a moment and explain a few things, a little bit of history and a little bit of terminology here. First of all, as I mentioned, our dioceses are referred to as eparchies in the Eastern churches, and again, largely because they cover large territories. And we have as the ranking eparchy, as it were, or the ranking prelate of our church, a metropolitan archbishop. Metropolitan means he's, he kind of governs the whole, sort of the head of the entire jurisdiction of our churches. Now, when I say jurisdictions, largely these are broken down according to culture or ethnic background. For instance, there are a number of jurisdictions, in other words, ethnic backgrounds, that fall under or follow what we call the Byzantine Rite. The Byzantine Rite is a rite of the church following the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom and all that that means, all the other things that go along with being a Byzantine rite. But that Byzantine rite, think of it as an umbrella. Underneath that rite, there are different jurisdictions. Like, for instance, there are, is a Lebanese jurisdiction, which is the Melkites. They're called the Melkite Byzantine rite. There's Ukrainians. There's Belarusians. There's Ruthenians. There's Romanians. There's Hungarians. There's Croatians. So you see, it had to do with ethnic jurisdiction, but they all follow the Byzantine rite. In other words, they were all evangelized. That region of the world was evangelized centuries ago, starting in the ninth century, by Byzantine missionaries. In other words, missionaries from the Byzantine church. So they brought with them the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, the spirituality of the Byzantine East, and so on. So we have then jurisdictions and also rites. So there's actually about 21 different ways to be Catholic. That's right, 21 different ways. They have to do with the different rites and jurisdictions. Most of these are in the eastern lung of the church, as John Paul II would call it, but not all of them. Some, a few, are in the western lung of the church, which, of course, is most known by the Latin rite. The Latin rite is the, by far, the, of course, the largest and the most known of all the rites of the church, but it's not the only one. It's the principal one in the west. But in the east, you have several rites, eastern rites, and within those rites, you have different what we call jurisdictions, which again are based on an ethnic breakdown. Now, the Ruthenian jurisdiction, which I refer to, the word Ruthenian, well, that's actually kind of an anglicized word for Rusin. Rusin means the sons of Rus, and Rus is a very old word. It refers to people that go all the way back to the 6th century or 7th century AD in the land of what is now. Eastern Europe or Central Europe, the convergence point of Ukraine, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, Croatia, that area, which is actually the lower Tatra Mountains called the Carpathian Mountains or Subcarpathian Rus, or the Carpathian Mountain area, that region of the world was populated centuries ago by a people that became known as the people of Rus. And from that, we get actually things like Russian and, of course, Ukrainian and Ruthenian. The people of Rus were something like what we might understand as modern-day Palestinians. In other words, they were a peoples, an ethnic entity, but they never really had their own defined borders. There really was never a Ruthenian country, per se. There was an attempt at it briefly 
in the latter part of the last century, but largely there was just no country per se, but there was a peoples. So they populated this area of the Carpathian Mountains, and they were known as the people of Rus. Now, they were evangelized by missionaries from the Byzantine Empire, and so we have now in this land of Rus, the original Christians there, many of them became Byzantine Christians. They're called the Byzantine style of Christianity. And that's eventually how you got what we know today as the Byzantine Catholic Church of the Ruthenian jurisdiction. Again, Ruthenian means it's an Anglicized word for Rusin. I had the occasion to attend this event where the bishops from Slovakia and some of their company priests visited with our bishop in Parma. And while I was attending this event, I sat down at dinner with them and I spoke with some of them. And here was my conversation I had with Reverend Dr. Yusuf Redish, who is a director of the Center of Eastern Christian Studies at the International Theological Institute Catholic School of Theology in Trumau, Austria, formerly Gauming. So, Father, you want to tell me a little bit about the Institute? It started in 1995. Blessed Pope John Paul second, he had this request from the Austrian bishops to start such an institute in Austria, mm-hmm. and they were looking for a place and in Gaming, where the Franciscan University mm-hmm. has a, a program, semester program, started in 1995, and we were there in Gaming till 2009. So since 2009, we moved to Trumau, which is 30 minutes from Vienna. Mm-hmm. So now we are in Arch Eparchy, Archdiocese of Vienna. And so it's an interna- international theological institute, uh, which is a small institute, but a very unique institute because of the pedagogy. Uh, the pe- pedagogy we use is to read the sources, so the fathers, Eastern fathers, the Western fathers, the doctors of the church, so the primary sources. And the seminar method we have, the classes are small groups, 10, 12 people. And the professor leads the discussion, mm-hmm. uh, and then you read the text before going to the class. Mm-hmm. And then you come to the class with already a certain knowledge of the text, the yeah. first knowledge of the text, and you discuss the matter and the text in the class with the leadership of the professor and under his guidance. So it, it's a very interesting uh, pedagogy. Also, it's an international institute, and the mission of it is the, to breathe with the two lungs, mm-hmm. east and the west, mm-hmm. from the very beginning. That's the mission of the institute. So we have different students from different nationalities, but also students from different traditions. Not only Latin tradition, but different Eastern traditions. So we, now, at the moment, we have uh, students who are from the Byzantine tradition, from uh, Ukraine, from Romania, from Slovakia, from Belarus. We have a Greek Catholic priest who is studying there from Belarusia with his family doing his licentiate. We have a Sila Marable student uh, who is with, again with his family is doing his licentiate. We have a Malchite student, so different oriental traditions. And we have different programs. We have a five-year theology when you deg- receive the master degree, master in sacred theology. And then we have a two-year program uh, of licentiate in sacred theology and then a two-year program a doctorate in sacred theology. Hmm. All these degrees are accredited by the congregation 
mentioned, mm -hmm. so they are pretty difficult. We also have a program which is called an MMF program, Master in Marriage and Family. It's a two-year program in a specialization in marriage and family. And also we have a one-year, a two-semester program which is called the Studium Generale for young people, young men and women who want to come into discernment in their life. So it's a more philosophy, theology and psychology, a general introduction to culture in Europe and Christianity. Now for licentiate program we have different concentrations. One among them is the specialization in Eastern theology. So I personally am now working there uh, as a director of the Center for Eastern Christian Studies. And I'll, I also uh, coordinate the licentiate program for the Eastern theology. And of course I teach classes. We're going to hear more from this momentous historic occasion that I experienced in my eparchy when we return. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion, and to tell the story of the eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. There is no such thing as a homosexual. I am Father Thomas J. Loya with a Theology of the Body moment for the Tabor Life Institute. The language of our bodies says that our bodies were created for the other gender. In this sense, there is really no such thing as a homosexual. There are only persons worthy of dignity and respect who through no fault of their own believe they have a sexual attraction to the same gender. It is not compassionate, sensitive, or honest to size someone up, label them, and dismiss them. This is why the church, who is truly compassionate, does not label people homosexual. The church calls same-sex attraction a disordered attraction. This simply means that the attraction did not develop according to the order of creation and to the language of our gendered bodies. But hey, unless you are the Blessed Virgin Mary, every human being, thanks to original sin, is in some way sexually disordered. To find out more about the theology of the body, visit TaborLife.org. TaborLife.org. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Have you ever heard of a Byzantine Catholic? Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya with an Eastern Christian Moment. Pope John Paul II said that the Church must breathe with both its lungs, East and West. The Catholic Church is composed of various rites and jurisdictions within these rites. The Byzantine Rite is one of the rites from the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church. The Latin Rite is a rite of the Western Lung of the Catholic Church. Over time, tensions arose between the two lungs of the church and they finally split from each other in 1054 AD. The Western lung became known as the Roman Catholic Church or Latin Rite, and it was centered in Rome. The Eastern lung became known as the Eastern Orthodox Churches and they had four centers, Alexandria, Constantinople, Antioch, and Jerusalem. Beginning in the 15th century, parts of the Eastern Orthodox Churches and the Latin Rite began reuniting again, thus creating what we know today as the Eastern Catholic Churches. To find out more about the Eastern Lung of the Church, go to easternchristianmedia.com.
Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm your host, Father Thomas Loy. Again, I say to you as we do during this time of year again and again, Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. We're hearing of my experience with an entourage of bishops and also seminarians and priests from Slovakia who came for the occasion of the installation of our new Metropolitan Archbishop in Pittsburgh. His name is Bishop William Skirla. But we were visited by, as I mentioned, a couple other bishops, and I had the opportunity to talk with one of those bishops, Bishop Jan Babiak, of the Eparchy of Preshov in eastern Slovakia, and through an interpreter, subdeacon Daniel Cherny. I asked Bishop Jan several questions about the church in Slovakia and also about his view on the church in America. Tell us about the Greek Catholic Church in Slovakia. What is it like? What is it like today now? So we have to be grateful to God for all the blessings He is pouring on us every and each day as we have abundance of priestly vocations, of seminarians, and there are also other blessings we experience. And it's all through the, through the prayers of our martyrs. And one of the other blessings are four formation centers, or let's say centers of special ministry that we have in Archeparchy of Preshov. What are some of the issues that the church faces in Prague? That's an interesting question. The first main problem is the lack of job opportunities, which actually forces many people to leave the country, husbands, but even even also wives, and they have to go abroad, and this is a real threat to the family life. Do they sense, like in America, we have challenges, uh, secularism? Do you sense that? Is that happening? And neither we are immune to this, this, this phenomenon of secularism, but we are blessed that our people still go to confessions quite regularly, and they do believe in the real presence of Christ in the Most Holy Eucharist. And these two things are the most important from our weapons and it's our defense against the secularism. And what is the relationship of the... Greek Catholic Church in Slovakia to the Orthodox churches. After 1990, when the, the former Greek Catholic properties were given back to its legal owner, to the Greek Catholic Church, relationships started to, to become much better. And nowadays, after those more than 20 years, the situation is quite peaceful, we can say it's normal. And if we are doing some academic conferences, they are invited. And if they do something, they time to time invite us. So we can consider the relations now quite quite normal and much better than definitely much better than it was before 1990. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The situation before 1990 was much complicated with a joint use of our own former churches, but uh, we were not in in right to use and determine what to do with them. So if they decided they're going to have a specific time for liturgy, we have to to follow their wish and did it in the the other times. If we wanted to renovate the church building, they had to sign that they do agree with this. So it was like being in their own house but not having any rights to it. What would his message be to Americans and to the Greek Catholic Church in America? First of all, he wished them to have enough priestly vocations, as this is important for a healthy and normal life of, of, of faith. And also to rediscover the power of the sacraments, of the holy mysteries, especially of the penance and of the Eucharist, which are, and also the other sacraments as well, uh, as well as of the Divine Holy Liturgy, which are really powerful.
Okay, is there anything he would like to say on his mind or anything? So, coming back to the question of relationship with orthodoxy, uh, I see this whole situation also from a bit from above to, to have, you know, like that eschatological vision. And we see this and especially the year 1950 when the church was liquidated as an opportunity and a blessing from God to be to be clean, to be purified. So the church lost all its pride, all its privileges, material possessions. And after 18 years, when already being clean, he granted the church the gift of martyrs. And uh, uh, well, now the church is growing and is able to, to spread the faith even, even more than before. This is like an exchange of gifts. The communist and the Orthodox Church somehow contributed and allowed our bishops and, and our priests to become martyrs. Hmm. And now, being in heaven, those martyrs are actually interceding and asking for mercies, and especially mercy of repentance, also to those people who caused them all the sufferings till, till death, and this could be really considered as an exchange of, of gifts. Mm. Similarly as Christ and ourselves, we have sinned, but it was Christ who died for our sins, and through his death and through his sufferings, he obtained for us many mercies and many blessings that we were able to, to receive thanks to his death. This whole occasion of the visit of these bishops from Slovakia, along with seminarians and priests, was the idea of my own bishop, Bishop John Kudrick, who is the bishop of the Eparchy of Parma. And again, a reminder that Parma is a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. That's the center of my particular eparchy or diocese, which takes in 12 states, the entire Midwest. So it's the Eparchy of Parma, the Byzantine Catholic Church of the Ruthenian jurisdiction. And I asked Bishop John to share with us a few thoughts that he had on occasion I think was very successful and very joyful for him. Following the enthronement of uh, Metropolitan William, we were pleased to welcome Metropolitan Jan and Bishop Peter from Slovakia for a pastoral visit. In addition to the beautiful liturgy at the cathedral on Saturday, we visited the Poor Clare Monastery and also Christ the Bridegroom community, a few parishes, and in a very special visit to the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center in Cleveland. Both bishops were particularly impressed by our new Christ the Bridegroom community, as well as the experiences of liturgy here in Parma and uh, the cultural center, where we expressed and showed them how we are able to use the culture of the American people combined with our ethnic culture to present the Christian culture of life. It was a great experience, and uh, again, we were so pleased to have them. Do you have any other thoughts or whatever? Um, uh, yes, actually, Metropolitan Nyan actually was, was taking pictures of different things, and I said, oh, gee, that's just something. No, he says, we want to, to take advantage of what you're doing here as well and maybe bring it back to Slovakia. Uh, he even invited the nuns. They said, when you get a few more sisters, maybe you can send some over to Slovakia to get a monastery started there as well. So... So again, I think they were particularly pleased. Well, you've heard from the priests, the bishops from Slovakia, and also my own bishop, Bishop John Kudrick, and I'd like to offer 
as we start to close our program today, a few of my own thoughts, because I was there. And personally, it was a joyful occasion. It was an occasion of great hope and a great fellowship for me, an occasion that was really privileged because it was only a few years ago that we had little or no contact with our mother church in Slovakia because of the communist oppression, you know, the Iron Curtain. Remember, they suffered and were liquidated and were persecuted under communism not too long ago. Now they've come out from under that oppression, we're able to communicate with them, have fellowship with them, and it's a marvelous experience to be able to connect with, in a very real way, with basically the mother church of my church in America. It's a wonderful kind of bonding moment, an opportunity, but also it gives us a sense of the unity that we have, even though we're an ocean apart, and in many ways we're, we're different, we have different experiences historically and so like that. Nonetheless, we sort of sprang and we're born from the the same source, the same womb. And to be able to reconnect now during this time when communism no longer oppresses our church in Central Europe is really a marvelous and a very heartwarming thing for me and for our whole church and certainly for my bishop who invited our brother bishops and priests and seminarians to come and to visit on this very auspicious occasion. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610. Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610, Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. Oh.